Jesus Christ! The Lord is... <laughs> Hello, creeps, and welcome to We Need to Talk About Horror, presented by DestroyTheBrain.com, episode 45. And I am Andy Triefenbach. I am Niles Maddox. I am Rin Maddox. I'm Mike Hassler. And today we will be uh, keeping our appointment with the Wicker Man. We will be covering the Wicker Man from, uh, what was it, 73, right? Yes. Shit. Sure. Uh, The Wicker Man 2006 and the Wicker Tree, which was 2011. Yes. Yes. So we'll be talking about those three movies and talking about what we've been watching, which is our first segment. We also have uh, kind of a cool announcement that we'll announce after we get done blabbing. So uh, follow us on at Destroy the Brain on Twitter and Instagram or come to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash we need to talk about horror and join in on the conversation. Uh, You can sometimes find pictures of us, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't think it's. I, th- I think we're beautiful. Oh. 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 I Every like single one. S- right. Somebody is. Some one out of four of us, maybe. I'd fuck me. <laughs> I'd fuck me so hard. All right, let's get into what we've been watching now. I watched Cheap Thrills finally because everybody else at this table basically said, "Yeah, check it out. It's great." Yeah, Patrick mentioned it uh, yeah. last last time. I think he finally caught up too. So, yeah, uh, great little you know fun, <laughs> I guess fun story. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely not as brutal as I thought it was going to be. Uh, just by moments. It. Yeah, I mean it had moments, but it definitely was more fun than anything. Definitely has like a dark twist uh which is fun um but yeah overall i dug it i think i even gave it like four stars because of just the comedic value at times um but yeah yeah it's really well done and you know i think uh pat healy and ethan Embry really brought their a game on it cool rin I watched all three of the Blackwell Ghost movies. Uh, we had previously watched the first one There's whenever that came out. Yes, there are three now. I was not um, even aware of any so of them. So the first one is about this house where weird things happen and a guy and his wife go investigate it and start recording stuff and then the second one is about the same house and then yes he goes back they apparently maintain a friendship with the owner of this house yeah but I don't remember if I talked about it on here or not. I guess not, if Andy's not. So, again, this is called The Blackwell Ghost. Yes. And the first one was on was on Prime when I watched so, it. So, yeah. all three of them are on Prime. Well, They're on Prime now? Okay. So, the first one is available on Prime to stream for free. Right. The second is for purchase. Okay. It's and the purchase. third is also for purchase. Now, IMDb and Letterboxd does not acknowledge that there is a third movie yet. It just came out at end of April. So, and it's about, I mean, she'll tell you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is a completely unrelated house, but obviously this guy is more seasoned since he's made the first two movies about the Blackwell ghost. This is not about the Blackwell ghost, but it's about some other spooky stuff. And it kind of stops in the middle of the story. So I'm really excited for number four to come out. Cool. I quite enjoyed the first one. Really? Yes. 
So th- there's this whole franchise that I just was not aware of. Oh, and people either absolutely adore it or hate it. It's it's a real low key franchise. They, I, think, I mean, they they don't cost any money. Well, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> so it's, I, it's just location. That's that's yeah. about it. I don't want to spoil whenever Patrick comes on, but after we watched a certain movie, which again I'm not going to mention because I, I we. Patrick and I watched it together. It's like a found footage movie. Uh, I introduced him to the Bad Ben series, which yeah. I know I previously talked about on the show. All uh, of those are on Prime, and I, that and that I, is also a franchise. Which is all right. What do you have weird. you? What do you think about? I've actually never. Checked I think them out. Bad Ben. You know, like given that you know the behind the scenes and the details, like that is just really one guy filming everything. And he's like taking on all responsibility for the acting and everything. I think it's pretty well done. Well, that this that, is pretty much the exact same. thing. Sure, and that's what I thought of. Actually, the third one, especially, is just him. Oh, it's, okay. his wife is his not. Wi- yeah, his wife is involved in the so, first two. Yeah, but it's and that's actually where it it starts to get really good because it's just him dealing with whatever he he doesn't pretend to be a professional. He doesn't pretend to be anything of like a ghost hunter type of guy. So he's just a guy who shows up to a random location that has a history and shit happens. Okay. And it makes it more believable because you're watching his reactions and instead of being like like shockingly scared, he just has this face like he doesn't know how to react. Like it's- He honestly reminds me a lot of Niles and I think that's a part of the reason why I like it so much because he's just kind of a normal dude just dealing with the gotcha. weird shit well, around and, him. And I have, I mean, I'm a huge fan of anything that, you know, my imagination will go places. So if, if my imagination, yeah, like paranormal, I'm, I'm the guy who paranormal activity really scared. I'm that guy. Cause I didn't have to see anything. I totally am a sucker for that shit. So this is definitely one of those that I identified with and went, I, I give him props because you know, there's, there are not a lot of movies that scare me. And that one actually can get me going. A little right. goosebumpy. You know? Ooh, goosebumpy. Ooh. Yeah. Not R.L. Stein goosebumpy. No, no, no. All right, Mike. Um, I watched both the, the Candyman, um, the first two Candyman movies. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Which, so they were pretty which, Those are both rewatches. Sorry, I was obviously. trying to unlock my phone, <laughs> and it can't see me through the microphone. So, so I was would like, you uh, say his name three times? Or it's five times. It's five, five times? times? Yeah, because it's not Bloody oh, Mary. Candyman. Mm. Yep. I think that should be the, the next I've sequel. I've never seen the second one. so You know, it's surprising that it's not bad at all. Uh, I don't know if anybody has not seen the Candyman movies. Uh, the first one is mandatory viewing for... Any horror fan? Well, yeah. and we checked out horror noir finally, and yeah, that that's <laughs> it was a good part of it was just him talking about Tony Todd the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Candyman is a fantastic movie. Uh, it's directed by Bernard Rose, who I, I don't know if he's really done anything else that's quite of note. Paper House, Paper House is really good, but it's just that's not one really that I available. haven't seen. Yeah, I got nothing. Um, and he did not return for the sequel. Well, he also just recently did Frankenstein, but I haven't seen it, nor have I really heard great things. Right. So, um, it, it, but it, the the movie is uh, about a, a myth in the 
African-American community in the slums of Chicago and who actually turns out to be a reality. What about the second one? Why don't you talk about the second second one one more? Because I think everybody knows about Candyman. Right. Uh, The second one is more about... uh, It takes place in New Orleans. Hmm. Um, New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Sorry. Uh, it's It's about a school teacher... And her father was killed by Candyman, and oh, okay. So it, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's not as good as the first one. Yeah, uh, but well, it, they both have Philip Glass behind the keys. Nice. And uh, I I really don't know how they got Philip Glass to do one, let alone both <laughs> of these. So I I can well you you keep going. They they do kind of talk about it on the docs on the first one i was more interested in seeing the docs on the Candyman than so i'm curious because the story i haven't seen the movie the story that i know with philip glass is that he was open to do the score for Candyman and did it and he was proud of it um i do love that score and philip glass is also one of those guys that doesn't really care for horror movies nor does he care for horror scores which is really strange um because i think He's got the, he's got this kind of gothic quality right, but to al- some of his music. I mean, also from a composer standpoint, like I think some of the most challenging compositions are in horror films. But um, for, based off of what I know, with uh, and you can feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, because if you watch the doc, I would assume they talk about it. Uh, that basically they used kind of outtakes and leftovers from the original session for Candyman and put it in the Candyman too. Oh, so it's just like B-sides and stuff. That's cool. Pretty uh, much. The, well, see, they don't have anything about that on... The the second movie doesn't have any... Okay. I mean, it has a conversation with Tony Todd. Okay. Well, I, wa- I want to say when I bought the CD that it has an insert where Philip Glass is talking about Candyman, but he... Says I want to say he says something about Candyman two, and it's not in a positive light. Oh. So uh, no, <laughs> but uh, Candyman two is also directed by Bill Condon. Correct. So who intermittently is a uh, <laughs> well, resi- well. Uh, God, what am I trying to say? I don't know. He's he's occasionally a well respected director, and then he's the other guy. Well, he's also a well respected writer and. You know, just right. kind of advisor on certain things. Keep in mind, he was going going to do the Bride of Frankenstein remake. Right. So, who knows if that lover? I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think something will come out of that. Um, and I I could totally see them using Bill Condon's script because based off of what I heard, I haven't read it obviously, but based off of what I heard, it's a really great script. Um, nice. And it's not necessarily like a remake, is what I'm what I've heard. Anyway, I have not seen the third movie. So, Candyman if... and Candyman 2 are available through Shot Factory. Right. On Blu-ray. On Blu-ray. Which is how you watch it. Candyman is also available from Arrow, if that is still in print, and I don't even... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the limited edition is still in print. And honestly, like, I I still don't have either edition, because I've been like, uh, do I want the Arrow? Do I want the Shot Factory? I don't know. It, the Shot Factory has Arrow's features on it. Right. Like, Except actu- for... They actually, actually say copyright Arrow video actually, at the I end of them. one of them is... I think there's, like, one or two special features that are on Arrow's discs that are not on Shouts and vice versa, so... Probably. But which one has the cooler artwork? 
personally, I, I kind of like the Arrow one. Oh, yeah. That's, I like their packaging better anyway. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's for always sure. my... For sure. You know, it, Shout Factory, like, granted, they do some decent work, but um, they just put a slipcover yeah. on it. Oh, well, yeah. And honestly, most of the artwork that I, is on the slipcover, I don't really dig the can The candy one's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's all right. It's up their upper end. Right. Cool. Well, uh, one that you talked about last episode was Escape Room, so I finally watched that. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, my, my thoughts pretty much echo yours. Uh, it's a pretty solid thriller. Uh, it definitely shits the bed at the end. But, um, <laughs> For sure. But, you know, I mean, like, if you go in, especially I think if you have ever done an Escape Room, you can maybe relate to some of these characters a little better, but it's essentially what seven strangers, I think, or maybe less. Yeah. Um, that just end up uh, getting an invite, and basically, if they survive this escape room, um, they get ten thousand dollars. And each of them are in need of money. But it's a highly sophisticated escape, a group of escape rooms that they have to get through. And uh, there's little things that touch upon each character's past, whether it be a mistake done or just something that gets to them. So yeah. it, only ten thousand dollars. Well, yeah. I mean, these people are pretty desperate. I mean, I'd take it. I, yeah, I mean, let's be real. Oh, again, they buy for ten thousand dollars. Honestly, I felt too. like it wasn't just necessarily the monetary gain. Uh, I saw that a lot of the characters just didn't. I mean, in their personal lives, had like not a lot going for them. Right, and they were right, like right. dealing yeah. with issues. And which that ties back into, like, how they get them, Yeah, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty decent. And, like, if you're a fan of Cube or a fan of, Saw. you know, Saw, yeah. But, you know, what I do like about Escape Room is it's not as fucking dark and grimy. No, not at as all. As the Saw films. So it's kind of like, I so, guess you could even say Saw Light, which I definitely heard. I think, yeah, I think it's, Saw, it's definitely more of a, like, Cube vibe. Yeah, it's um, a fi- face face your past, face your fear. Uh but not not in a way where it's um you know. Well, well totally also like of one of the, she tripped and <laughs> one of the characters so one of the characters in the film definitely has the same kind of turning point as one of the characters in Cube as well. Yeah, which yeah, yeah it, it's pretty obvious that they watch Cube set design though. But yeah, I think ama- I, I, I mean it was way better than I expected. Exactly, it to be. exactly. So, and I that's where I at. genuinely liked all the characters except for one. Yeah, which one? The uh, the, the banker guy. The guy. Oh, oh. I, I did not like the the guy that opens the film. I, I during the opening sequence of the movie, I'm like, ooh, I'm not gonna like this because he's just talking to himself. Oh, old long hair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's probably second to last. He's he's that, he's but, not a good actor. Well, no. it, on, and why I told Andy this earlier. I mean, it's just it's it's another movie where Tyler Levine, yeah, yeah. Is, is in it, and I'm just like, man, I really wish you were in your like own movies and being funny I all mean, the time. Yeah, but he brings something. to Oh the no, table. he's a great dramatic actor. So and he's it's fine. I just. I just like him so much that it's like, and I mean, even the Tucker and Dale too. Come on, well, uh, the main girl is really good too. Like, I don't recall mm. her from anything. Yeah, 
but yeah, that's like a name. If well, she I was in Lost in Space. The uh, okay, I still yeah. haven't seen that. I still haven't seen that. It was all right, but yeah, I mean, I think it's worth a rental, or you know, oh, if yeah, it's on sure. HBO or something, check it out. Especially like here's here's what I'd say: if you've been to an escape room and you have somewhat of an interest to check this out, check it out because I think it's worth a watch. Uh, they do. Without spoiling anything, it does seem like they want to make an escape room too. Um, the ending, like I said, it just it fails pretty miserably. It's not on the same level with the rest of the film, but uh, I'd still probably watch Escape Room too if it came out. So yeah, and it made enough. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Sh- okay. I'm pretty sure we'll see another one. Well, I checked out I Trapped the Devil, and I will say that I really dug it. It's um, up my alley of the slow burn like you know one of my favorite movies is house of the devil so clearly has very very strong feelings of that movie if you've seen that um but i will say i regret watching it now and not in like post thanksgiving because the christmas vibe is kind of perfect and oh, i really? feel like oh yeah so it's you know again set design on that film is is gorgeous i i the setting is perfect the story is a little weak uh and then there are moments where the acting could have i don't it's something about the dialogue it's not that that the actors did wrong but something about the dialogue just felt very robotic like you're just you knew that the next person was gonna say like that's and that's kind of where you so it was predictable yeah but at the same time with the setting the music the tone everything about it mm-hmm. You know, I would suggest anyone check it out, especially if you are into a slow burn kind of film. Cool. Um, and then the depiction of the devil is probably one of my f- favorites in, in film, honestly. So, yeah. I watched Body at Brighton Rock, and uh, I just wanted to strangle this girl the whole time I watched it because I was a Girl Scout for years. So it was really just frustrating to see this girl say, yeah, I'll take the difficult assignment and go on this trail that I don't know and then just fuck up everything before anything bad even starts happening. And then all the bad stuff starts happening and it just fucks with you a little bit more, especially since you know how unprepared this child is. Um, I would definitely recommend watching it. I loved it. I was terrified the whole time. Just you watched of, it too, right? Yeah, no, okay. I I don't know how terrifying it was. It was fun. Okay, um, but the mother but, inside of me, yeah, <laughs> it was just like, honey, what are you doing? Yeah, no, definitely this girl is an inside kid. Like, she, well, and they explain that like right in the get go. Like, you're an inside kid, and she just gets stuck in this situation because she's trying to be a good friend, and she swaps with her buddy. You know, to take the harder because she's a she's a park employee. Okay. Yeah, and she basically just swaps with her friend to take like this different course, um, which is farther away, and she's not experienced. Oh, no, yeah. I know what you're saying. So I'm not okay. trying to like give too much spoiler, but I mean, the, really, the idea is she she's a little bit uh, under prepared to be doing what she ends up doing, and then yeah, then the story happens, and it's uh, interesting because again, she's not. <laughs> Not good at being outside, clearly, and gets herself into more and more predictable kind of uh, scenarios of survival out in the woods. So she's just jumping around all mimbly bimbly. <laughs> yeah, I'm from just tree waiting to tree for, for her, real. Yeah. yeah, waiting for her to sprain an ankle. 
Yeah. And just like die so hard. I yeah. like whenever you get like motherly or protective, you get the southern accent. Right. I can't help it. I just want to save the baby. I just want to smother it in gravy. Um, but no, and then it has like definitely that moment where like head like uh, House of the Devil with like the headphones and she's just literally skipping in the in the woods with their headphones on, not paying attention to anything, and you're just like, No. I did like the no, tracks. No, no. The what? The tracks. Oh, the soundtrack? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fun. It was fun. It's funny because it has an 80s vibe, but it's definitely not 80s. I was also curious, since we're talking about an outdoors movie, I'm like, what, like bear tracks? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, kind of. Yeah, the tracks look pretty good. You could have said needle drops and I would have known what you were saying. There there are scratches in trees. Oh. Oh. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm telling you, I'm not ruining this movie because there's there's not much to it. (laughs) The poster does have a... It and does something have about posters is that she's putting up posters throughout the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. That's and like I her. feel like it's some major foreshadowing as to what happens to her. I said that to him in the beginning of the movie, and I was right about most of it. So. Yeah. So she's putting up. I so, win. Yeah. Her job is to put up warning posters, and each of those warning posters are things she's totally not ignoring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I so. got gotcha. you. So that's body upright and rock. And yeah, I, I think it's very fun. Um, don't take it seriously because it's it's fine. It's fun though. Cool. It's available on all VOD channels. Yep. Michael, I watched all of uh, Peter Jackson's pre Lord of the Rings stuff. Mm. Does that yeah, you did. Hmm? I was watching um, it on Letterboxd. And I was like, oh wow, he's watching talk all about of it as a whole. I guess he he really st- bad taste is so much fun. Um, it's uh, way better than I remembered it being. It's it's very bizarre, and um, but it's it's really funny and it's very unique. It's a very unique voice that he carries over into Brain Dead, which has a lot more style to it because he's actually got money. Then yeah, I remember watching. I borrowed Bad Taste from you back in the day, and it was. <laughs> It was great. It was that and Meet the Feebles. Those were yeah. Fe- Feebles the, is before Brain Dead. I yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, I was about to say those. Those are real wild compared to Brain Dead. Yeah, uh, and Fe- Feebles definitely has that that low budget vibe too. Oh yeah. But Feebles is hilarious. Yes. Um, it, it's so so wrong. So wrong. It was, it was puppets, right? I mean, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Puppets. It's been a it's, long it's, time. It's like a. It's like. If the Muppet Show was just, you know, full of depravity, <laughs> isn't the it? Scenes. Do you isn't mean the Happy Time Murders? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, n- no, 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 no. No, this, this, the guys that created or wrote Happy Time Murders <laughs> decided to <laughs> to cite this as an influence, and uh, if this is an influence on what that was. Does it involve? It's any, not uh, really seen. Cows being milked by giant squids. No, that is the highlight of the I movie. I love though. that part. That uh, that is my favorite part of that movie. Uh, it, but I think I think Feebles is a lot of fun too. I'm looking forward to him remastering all of these and. Yeah, that's when I'm waiting for to revisit all these movies. And then I watched I watched more out of order. I watched Frighteners after oh, Feebles, yeah. and. Uh, that that holds up fairly well. Yeah, we. I think it's it's pretty fun. We bought it uh, over Halloween around there because I finally bought the Blu-ray and yeah, it's it's it still stands. Yeah, uh, it's the effects are rough. Yeah, um, 
but it, it for the time it was pretty groundbreaking kind of stuff. Yeah, it just doesn't hold up as well today as some of the I other mean, groundbreaking it's, stuff. It's, it's no worse that time. than the Mummy. So I mean, <laughs> no, that's true. But no. that was like the same time frame. It was like uh, the, yeah. the early CGI. Yeah, fun. Yeah, and and then I watch Heavenly Creatures, which is I've not seen kind that. of his claim to. F- I can't believe you haven't seen that. No, I've not seen that. Good. It's based on a true story. Hmm. It's uh, it's it's not like any of his other. I'll movies. add it to my watch list. It but, does have elements, and it has uh, his visual flair is all over the movie. But uh, it's yeah, it's entirely different. Yeah, we actually watched Brain Dead <laughs> in the last two weeks too. It is the the uh, premiere of or premiere. It is <laughs> the first roles for Kate Winslet and um. Melanie Linsky. Melanie Linsky. Um, the next movie I watched was Knife and Heart. This is a French film um, that played at Q-Fest, but I've had a screener for it for a while. And uh, it does come out on Blu-ray next month. Um, it's, I don't think, the distribution on it is a little goofy. It's like Altered Innocence, I think, is the distributor on it. So it's not... Um, it's not a big distributor, which is probably why you haven't really seen it in a theater near you. Um, but this film is, uh, it is a recent film, but it's set back in 1979 and it revolves around a, uh, female pornographer, uh, who basically is in a dispute slash breakup with her love interest, uh, who is also the editor of the film and the film is um you know it it revolves around the gay scene of 1979 porn films so the blue films if you know your stuff about that whole era but it's um you know the reason why it got put on my radar was people because people said it's like a modern giallo i don't know if i would call it a uh, modern giallo film but uh I guess it does still fit some of those things because it's a murder mystery and you have a mass killer who has gloves and the weapon of choice is very interesting, uh, which please it, tell me it's a dildo. It is a dildo that a no. knife comes out of. <gasps> yes. It's pretty, uh, he made me fucker. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but the whole thing is scored by M 83 who, uh, I don't think he's French. Mm, you would yeah, know if any, think or maybe is. is, maybe yeah. is. I don't know. Um, somebody else would know more about that than I would. So, is it dancey soundtrack, like a little disco-y or? Uh, yeah. So, okay, I'm hoping. What's kind of cool it... about it is that um, some of the tracks, like the porn tracks, you mm-hmm. know, which are the stereotypical like yes. disco kind of yep. like guitar wash stuff. That's all done by M83. And nice. what he does is That's he not puts... just one guy. It's... No, I know. They're a band. I know. And they are French, yes. Um, they uh, they put, like, some sort of filter on it so it sounds old. So it oh, sounds okay. like it was recorded on tape. Yep. Because the soundtrack's on Spotify if you wanted to listen to cool. it. I would recommend probably seeing the movie before you listen to it. But uh, it is a really good film that I'm anxious to purchase next month. Uh, it's a pretty good... It's a pretty good murder mystery, but uh, I will say it's also one of those mysteries where maybe you don't have all the clues, um, but it's very stylish. 
Um, I, I, I would say fans of Giallo films would like I it. Would, I was going to say, you're, you're act, acting like Argento films are definitely one watch and you understand. Right, right. You no, not. I get it. I get you it. You literally have to watch an Argento film like four times to finally get like everything. Yeah. But no, it's it's very well done. And I'm, I, I'm interested to check out what this guy's done. From what I know, he's only made one other film. Um. Which I don't know the availability of it. I was looking on Letterboxd, but he's made a whole bunch of short films. So whatever he does next, I'm totally in. And maybe uh, I can check out his previous film. So that's Knife and Heart. And again, that will be out on Blu-ray next month. Awesome. Uh, I finally checked out uh, Rolling Thunder. Fuck yeah, you via, did. Via suggestion by Andy Triefenbach. Um, it is on my purchase list because it was <laughs> phenomenal. I uh, Basically, synopsis is uh, POW vet. Comes back, finally has gotten released to his hometown. Big celebration. San Antone. San Antone. Were there fireworks that set him off? No. No, no, not like that. No, none of that. Actually, it's funny because he's so well. Yeah, I mean, he's got, you can tell he's got a little bit of that lagging, you know, problems. (laughs) Well, yeah, he suffers from PTSD. PTSD. But, but not as much as you would think. He he comes home and, and his situation... But adapting to society's right, his, struggle. Yeah, so he comes home and he basically... It's like his life has turned to shit because, you know, his wife is basically bouncing on him and his kids don't really know him. But mm-hmm. he's he's rolling with it. He's trying to make it work. And then uh, he ends up having a... a these pr- assholes come in. And yeah. <laughs> basically, the motive that these assholes come in and do a home invasion uh, is because... The uh, William Devane plays the the war veteran, along with Tommy Lee Jones, who's kind of barely in the movie. But oh, he, his his stuff's so good. Though. Yeah, when he's in it, it's like integral, except for the beginning, right? But um, the whole point on what happened the the bad things that happened to William Devane's character uh, is because he was awarded one silver dollar. For every day. For every day he was uh, entrapped it was only in like, POW. It, it still was only like two grand, but they, they yeah. televised it. So it ends up where these shady types from like the Juarez region of right. Texas uh, decide that they are going to rob him yeah. and ruin the rest. I mean, like whatever life he had left is gone. Right. So, so yeah. it, it's a revenge movie, but like I was telling now, it's kind of interesting how it becomes like almost like a buddy cop movie, but it's not a cop movie. And the buddy like road trip movie it does become is with uh linda hayes so it's just kind of interesting to see that dynamic where they're i mean i guess it is kind of introduced that maybe they might be romantic but oh it starts off like i mean when she hands them because she hands him the money like she's the presenter and she literally is just like on him and except for like except for one scene but here's what i like about it is it's her initiating Oh yeah, she's I fucking the shit out. Yeah, versus him, which is something that I've seen so many fucking times no. that it gets tiresome. Yes. So it's like it's kind of like a breath of fresh air in in a weird way. Uh, but yeah, once once he teams back up with Tommy Lee Jones to exact revenge after he finds some of the dudes, it's fucking game on. Like the all I need to hear is I'll just get my gear, and I'm like fuck yeah. I mean, I, well, I think what I said was the last 20 minutes reminded me of like the last 20 minutes of like Beverly Hills Cop because it's just shootout, just intensity. And it's yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's awesome. Definitely check it out. I think I gave it a pretty high star rating. I think four I think and you half. gave it. I didn't give it five. I thought I you gave it four, maybe four. Okay. okay. What was it called again? Rolling, Rolling Thunder. Thunder. Yeah. James, you owe me a coke. Okay. Ren. 
last night watched H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond? From Beyond. From yeah, Beyond. From Beyond. Shit, I don't know. Shit. There's so many movies with Beyond names now, I don't know I what they're I think there's just called. The Beyond and From Beyond. Oh, Battle Beyond. That would be a good stars. double feature, Ooh. though. From the Beyond. Let's talk all over Ren, guys. It's fine. <laughs> so what'd you think, babe? So watching it was pretty interesting. I didn't like it as much as Reanimator. I say that because the cast is basically just copy and paste. But but Ken Foray is in it. In uh, he was skinny. great. And yeah, he was great. Oh man, <laughs> him, him and those little orange tiny panties. panties. Fuck yeah, my god! He came out of that stairwell, just jump. Oh, that leap! And you're just like, god damn. <laughs> so watching it was like watching a combination of Reanimator and Branded. I still haven't seen that. Really? Movie. I saw that yeah. movie a lot, and I think it's because Wait it was on Netflix. Didn't we talk about this last It has Lily Sobieski in it, or Sobielski? Sobieski. Sobielski. Sobielski. Who we will talk about later. Oh, oh yeah. Lily. You're right. We are. She's on my list here. Oh, MVP. Right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was... A weird one to watch. It was fun. I liked the the cheesy graphics a lot. It was very goopy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> from what I... I think that was the first time... I, I never watched that on VHS, and the first time I watched it was back when there was a channel called Monsters HD, and they basically... They were kind of behind the restoration of the Monster Squad, and they were behind the restoration from beyond. Okay. And... uh I'm so happy I saw it that way and not on VHS because it is a very vibrant movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think it's I think it's worth a watch. But yeah, it's definitely no fucking Reanimator. It's better than Bride of Reanimator. Yes, it is. I think most <laughs> things are. Ooh. Mm. Anyway, but yeah, from Beyond again. Is that Screaming Mad George joint as well? From Beyond. Yeah. Um, I think is so. He doing the- I don't know. Have I don't know. I was, we were waiting for shunting to happen at one point, but yeah. I mean, there it was never... one guy who looked really um, a lot like he was from society because yeah. he was just like melty and goopy everywhere. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the style. I mean, that's even Reanimator has a bunch of that. But it's you know right. the, <laughs> the moments that got me were the eye sucking. Eye sucking was probably the uh, yeah, just getting it. Got Yuzna's name all over it. Yeah. Also, right? the egg. Oh yeah. The egg. I don't know why it was just so gross. There was a gross egg. Mike, <laughs> I watched Don't Look Now on Criterion. Um, mm. I also watched The Brood on Criterion. I love The because Brood. I've, yeah. Did you get the Criterion Channel or no? No, uh, no this is part library. of the like three hundred dollars I spent on Criterion movies <laughs> last year during at some the sale. Point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I just went. You know what? You know what? I'm all that them money all. I spent, I'm gonna actually watch this. I'm getting stuff them here. all. You should get a sponsorship. Yeah. Those are, yeah, I mean, those are two. Of my, I, those are like my favorites. You those, just are, made those are both really good. Uh, the The Brood is Cronenberg, and it's uh, the movie that I get confused. Where I used to get confused with the Fury, mm. which I watched last time, which is uh, De Palma's movie. Yep. They are entirely different. They're yep. just the something, and I don't know how they get intertwined in my head, but they do. Uh, but the brood is entirely different. The brood has to do with little murderous children. I love the brood so much. <laughs> little murderous children, and uh, yeah, it's good Cronenberg. 
Did so, you see that at Grindhouse or no? I didn't see it at Grindhouse. Okay, no, we remember. watched it, was, it. Yeah, it was during our Cronenberg marathon that we did. It was one of my favorite marathons, but one of my favorite scenes from The Brood is when that nightgown just opens oh, up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's everyone's feels. moment for that film. I mean, that I don't know. Yeah, if you've never seen The Brood, you you check get, it out. Get yeah. your life and get on top of that it's, one. It, it's classic. I mean, it's. I mean, I'll say this. It's an obtainable film on pretty much every standard. It's great acting. Um, and definitely, I think for normies, it's a, an obtainable film. Obviously, the ending is a little... Oh, it's out there. But I feel like the early in the movie, it's not as... I don't know. I mean, compared to his other things, I feel yeah. like it's a more obtainable film. But I don't know. There are lots of good children death, if that's your thing. If you like to watch kids die, yeah. <laughs> watch The Brood. Fucking monsters. Uh, uh, Don't Look Now is Nicholas Rogue's movie. And it stars uh, Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. And they have sex on camera. Wow. <laughs> they really do, though, don't they? they? Really, oh, yeah. yeah. There's no way that they're not boning in that scene. Uh, but it's, it's a good movie about grief. It's a strange movie, and it's cyclical and it has a lot of hidden meaning to it it's something that I'm starting to pick up on this viewing which I hadn't in the past I didn't really understand it before no now I'm starting now I'm starting to get it it's you okay bud no it's is that why you're getting I agree it with you the reason yeah. I like it isn't because of the story for some reason it's I mean it is the story but it's not like that twist it's not the twist it's the rest of the movie that I like Right. I don't know how to explain that. It takes a couple of views to kind of yeah, really to more, get it. To the get more it. T- yeah. the more you see it, the more it starts to make sense <laughs> in your head, even if it doesn't well, really I mean, make I sense. I think it makes sense the first viewing, but you really pick up on some of this minutia that you might not pick up on the first viewing because you're just kind of going along with the There's ride. a lot of interconnectivity right. that you you may not be into. And of course it has that ending that is pretty infamous now yeah don't look now is definitely worth a watch Great movie. Um, again you know my advice if you want to check out both of those movies is personally i think they're both blind buys yeah just wait until the next criterion sale which should be in july yeah either criterion so. themselves or uh barnes and noble or you can do the um the channel criterion ch- channel yeah yeah is that officially yeah it's up. now oh yeah it, okay. it was up in april 1st <clears throat> And I, I can't remember the pricing on it, but it's it a little might be pricey. like nine bucks a month it's, or something it's like that. It's a little pricey. Okay. What? And it's not everything either. Oh, okay. Well, check the availability, I guess. So I d- I'm going to kind of sum these up. Um, two movies that are related. I watched All Hallows Eve before I watched Terrifier. Now, Terrifier has been on Netflix for a while and seemed to gain some steam along, uh, among the horror community. And obviously, I was just curious about it. I never did see All Hows Eve, which does have the Terrifier short. Um, so Terrifier started as a short film by director Damien Leone. And uh, basically, he kind of put it in All Hows Eve while directing not only a wraparound, but a couple of other short films. Uh, so All Hows Eve, uh, I'll be honest, is not really worth a damn watching. Mm-hmm. Except for the Terrifier short. And it's really weird because uh, the first short, even though it's all filmed by the same guy, and it's not like uh, you know any other anthologies where it's directed by different directors, the first short seems like 
that was filmed totally separately. So maybe it was because the um, the video he, format's different. You think he just slapped some of his shorts? Yeah, I don't yeah. know because the, it's basically Rosemary's Baby in a weird way. But yeah, um, I mean, just the look of the film is very videoish versus the rest, which I'm assuming were probably shot on DSLRs, but. You'll know what I'm talking about if you watch it, uh, which it is on Prime, and that's how I watched it. Um, the Terrifier short, you know, like I heard a lot about it, and I thought it was okay. I, I didn't think it was that great, but Art the Clown as a visual is pretty... That that will stick in your brain, for sure. So, Terrifier the movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this one, to be quite honest with you. Uh, it's a it, piece of shit. I don't think it's a piece of shit. I personally love how art is silent. Yeah. Even when he's injured, he's completely silent. There are things that I like about it. There are things that I don't like about it. Like, per, almost vehemently don't like about it. Uh, like the saw it. scene? No, no. I mean, so here's the thing. Like, I know that many people uh, will say it's very misogynistic. And I, I could agree with that. But a majority of horror, um, especially for the film that it's really paying homage to, is misogynistic. Yeah, I if mean, you're viewing it with that lens, you're going to find misogyny all over the horror genre. So, what I will say, but much like films like... I actually do dig August Underground. Um, I'm trying to think of a better film where it's like... Uh, somebody who did makeup effects decided to get behind the director's chair and also lend his talent for the makeup effects because it does feel like a makeup effects real for the most part. Um, not saying any of it's bad, though. Uh, he, like Harbinger Down? Uh, I guess, but I never saw that. So, um, you know, I mean, there are some pretty fucked up things that happened in the movie, uh, one of which is the, the hacksaw incident. <laughs> Okay, so I will say, as a woman and a feminist, that the hacksaw scene is fucking brutal. It is. However, you see guys get their junk mutilated in, like, all kinds of shit. So, I mean, equality, man. If we want it, then we have to be cool with our junk And it's not even how it's performed. Like, that... It's, it's, It wasn't overtly sexual. Here's the thing. It does exactly what it needs to do. Okay? And I, I don't think it's a bad thing. It... It sets out to shock and appall you on that scene, and it does it. Right. So, kudos to him. Mission accomplished. Right, right. I just don't know if, I mean, I also feel as horror fans, I I thought we moved past a lot of this, too. Like, the torturous stuff. Yes. And I I think that's that's what's really eating at me. It's It's like, very uh, reductive, and it's it's a step backwards, and the fact that it was so popular is not a very good good thing well i think the reason why it's popular is because art the clown as a character and as an image is scary for most people like i'm not scared of clowns but we are if i saw that That fucking dude in my basement i'd be like nope get the fuck out run out the front door oh guess what he's got chained up if i see if i see a stranger (laughs) in my basement i'm pretty much gonna run no matter what so, they could look like a normal person and I'd yeah, be gone. Yeah, I am gone. No, this is... Well, I'd probably be like, what are you doing here? So I liked it. No, I, I don't think I would say it. I'm going to throw it out there. I liked it. And I'm not saying and, I didn't like it. And I understand the overhype of it, 
is is one of the you know I'm a huge person and I something typed up I'm like oh I'm not gonna like it because yeah. I know that people love things that I hate and in it but no uh, I liked it uh, because of Art the Clown mm-hmm. I also liked some of the things uh, pulling out the gun that yes. threw me the fuck off because you don't see that in slashers um, I like the brutality of it, the movie. it is a brutal film it is dark. But is no darker than anything else I've watched right, that is right. like hostile or anything like that. I don't think it's even up to that level right. because this isn't an. This is more of an like an entity more than you know necessarily a human being. You don't get that humanity from him at all. Yeah, he is an entity. He is the a Myers character. character. Yeah, yeah, he's a character. Right, and I don't mind the character because he's somebody who doesn't have any remorse no I, and I, and and that's what you want in a character like, like that. i said so, i'm just torn between the movie because much of the points that you're making are are the things that i think it's important because you know even though i feel like we've moved on i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing once you watch something that is so unapologetic yeah that it's like, oh, well, shit, okay, this guy's going in a different direction. Is it the direction I want horror to go no, back into? Probably no, no. Not. Well, see, that's the thing, though. It's a taste of something that you don't see a lot now. Right. But at the same time, yeah, like you're saying, I don't necessarily want us to go back there. Right. But no, I yes. don't hate it, and I think there are parts of it that are different. I haven't seen certain things like exactly. that before. So, yeah, He's I He's like still it. bringing stuff new to the table, but it just... I'm not blown away the by the aftertaste it, of it. It's just like, ah, I thought... I don't was, hate it. I don't... I do not think it's misogynistic, and I think most... You know, it's funny, is misogyny actually comes from guys saying that most of the time. Right, They'll be right. like, oh, well, women don't like this because of this. Like, well... I'm around a feminist 24-7, and she literally isn't bothered by any of this. Because she expects, yeah. you're expected to see certain things like It is this. a horror movie. movie. And right. everyone's getting murdered, okay? He's not right. just focusing on women. And if, if he were, it'd be different. I guess it's because, and, you know, I bet you anybody that says that they feel it's d- distasteful or a piece of shit like Mike did... Let let me ask you. Why do you think it's a piece of shit? Is it just poorly made, or or what yeah, do you get? It's poorly at? made. It's it's. It reminds me of Chrome Skull. Yeah, I hate that movie. Yep. Too. It reminds me of Chrome Skull. <laughs> Laid the rest a lot. Yep. That it reminds loves me. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of that. It's just that. It's that kind of feeling of somebody, which is also like, done by yeah, a like fucking special movies. effects guy. I like horror movies. I like effects. I can make one of these. Right. And no, you can't. You can't because the movie has no fucking structure. It has no characters to care about. Yeah. There is no beginning, middle, and end. There's no character it's, through line. It's a better, There's nothing. Like, you know, and that's a thing. It There's is, not much it, of a story. It, it would is be. brutality for brutality's right. sake alone. So it would be, I think it would be a better short. That's right, it. right. So yeah, totally, it is what it is. But you know, you, you got to look at it. So the audience, you think well, it's like look- it resets halfway through, and it's like, yeah. well, here's another volume. Yeah. But here's the other thing: is like the dudes that get it in this movie, like they're not, they might not be open to the same vulnerability as that one scene with the hacksaw. But I still think it's pretty fucking brutal, <laughs> like. They're not just throwaway kill scenes either. Um, anyway, yeah, it, there's not much of a story. I don't think it's very well executed, but 
Yeah. Art the Clown, the guy who plays Art the Clown, David Thornton Howard. I might have fucked up your name. He does a great job. I wish if they do Terrifier 2 that this dude, Damien Leone, might be busy with something else that somebody maybe could step in and kind of refine it a little bit. I think, yeah, he would be... So that character would be good in a movie that's well-written and just throw him in there. Put him in a different setting. You know what I'm saying. Like, I agree with Mike. Have him take on a military team. I've always wanted to see a slasher... Take on a military team like aliens, okay, or dog soldiers, or dog aliens. but it's just yeah. one, it's just one guy. Oh, Jesus Christ, okay. So, ideally, yeah, so I don't feel as like I, I gave it three, I think I gave it three stars because it's I'll probably I, end up giving I, it two and a half. So, it's, it's, I like what it is, but I don't think it's a great movie, right? Okay, so yeah, all right, that's Terrifier, which is on Netflix. <laughs> the whole episode, I got a discussion. There you go. <laughs> Oh, so for my last one, uh, let's see. I checked out. Actually, you know what? I'll talk about. I we rewatched the Alien franchise, so I'll talk about that. All of them? Uh, we did the trilogy. One through three, yeah. One through three, we're good on that. Not the quadrilogy. No, well, and 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 Prometheus and, and Covenant. I don't even. I mean, you can sit and watch six movies, but I don't necessarily. Or Alien vs Predator. Anyways, <laughs> but watching the trilogy again was fun. Uh, Alien. Still to this day, mm-hmm. fantastic little horror movie. And if you just switch the alien with Michael Myers, <laughs> it could be the movie. Yeah, for the most part, it's it, a horror movie. It's it's oh yeah, it's a haunted house movie. If yeah, anything. Yeah, and then uh, Aliens is still one of my favorite uh, badass rock and roll. Let's rock. Yep, that's it. Good Vasquez, fucking love her. Still, she's, she's uh, such still a badass. Still stands as uh, my favorite of. Uh, James Cameron. My favorite line that Vasquez says is like uh, the one dude. Do you ever like, get mistaken, mistaken for, for a man? man? No. Have you? I'm no. like, oh god, you were yeah. so sassy. <laughs> uh, I, I want to be. Here. Did you and, watch this on the uh, Alien Day or after? It was so yeah. It was post Alien. We watched it on the Sunday after it that. Doesn't Friday. count then. You know, I had other things. <laughs> you don't going count. On. You don't count. I believe I had other things going on on Alien Day. Um, but uh, then we rewatched Alien Three, and I think the last time I watched it, I was in high school. Which and cut did you see, by the way? I did not watch the what is it called? The that, producer's cut. Yeah, I think the one I saw was like the full extent. Yeah. Well, something. what what was the animal? The not good cut. That's what was what the animal was. that it, it came dog. out of? The dog. Okay, so that's not the one not the producer's cut. That is right. not the one to watch. Yeah, that is not the one to watch. That's all. That's where I stand on. So, I'll say as a, a high schooler, I watched it and I was I was fine with it. It was uh a little darker, <laughs> more uh, Mad Maxian kind of situation. Pretty um, rapey. Yeah, the rapey rape. from the get go. I mean, it's it and is it, a prison colony. It just gears yeah. you up for the rape. So and it's funny because so watching it now, what I got was the rape scene wasn't even that bad. They didn't even get her any clothing off, so it was kind of just aggressively. I mean, we've seen really bad. Oh rape no, scenes. I've seen. This was not one of those. <laughs> yes, no, it wasn't anything close to like fucking uh, what's it called with uh, okay, but I was the so subway glad. tunnel. <laughs> uh, Reversible. Yeah, irreversible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's not like that. But uh, yeah, I remember being more shocked by it in high school, and now I was just like, meh. 
that's light. That's how desensitized we are now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but overall, yeah, it's not good. I did not like it. Um, like Mike said, I know there's another cut out there I didn't have access to and on that day, so I would have preferred to watch probably so the alternate version. Yeah, because it just felt like a movie that was kind of thrown together, and I feel like even David Fincher didn't <laughs> want to be part of it. No, and he doesn't want to be part of it now yeah, either. No, I mean, I that's why the producers yeah. put a cut together instead right. of him. Uh, the <clears throat> producer's cut is drastically better. Uh, I really like that movie. Uh, I I didn't I I I don't really care for the produ- the for the theatrical cut. Yeah, uh, but I really like the producer's cut of that. It's movie. just yeah. I mean, uh, there. It's like the one character in the beginning, like the one character you get into is like the doctor type, and then he's just like the first to go, and you're just like oh. Charles Dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay, cool. Well, thanks. he's great. Though. Was that the Lannister man? Yeah, the yeah. Lannister man, Charles Hansen. <laughs> uh, if you guys are interested, though, so I don't know if you know about the whole history between be, behind Alien Three. Like, so many screenwriters tried to do Alien yeah. Three, <laughs> one of which is William Gibson, who that name may sound familiar. Oh, yeah, they're doing the comic. <clears throat> um, basically, they're gonna do it comic it's been going but on. it's also yeah it, the comic has already been adapted based off of what i know but they're doing an audible audiobook of his screenplay oh really okay yeah and um uh hicks hicks shit i always get it mixed up hicks yeah, or hudson hicks. yeah okay hicks is alive the guy who survived well yeah, he, yeah. and he, nude correct i think i'm i always get mixed I, up so okay so i don't right, remember okay if, can you? I just read a synopsis. Go ahead and ruin it. it for me. Go ahead and what's the difference about the producers' cut? Like, do they anyone survive off the ship in the beginning? Oh no no no. No, 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 no! They still nobody does. Nobody no, survives. No, the movie breathes. The movie has characters. The movie has it. It it has substance. It yeah. has uh, the the alien makes more sense because it's born of a bull, not of a dog. Oh, that'd be fucking terrifying. Yeah, a bull. Yes, a cow. Bull. Like a boy cow. Huh. <laughs> I've got to see this. This sounds interesting. I um, have it. Can we borrow that? Well, <sighs> we'll talk about it on the next episode. I've I've actually been tempted to buy that 4K release of Alien, even though I don't have a 4K. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna wait until they honestly they'll probably get, remaster it. Release a fucking 4K. box of everything more shit that yeah. they yeah that that Quadrilogy box that's out now on Blu-ray that is the ultimate thing. Yeah. Anything more. Is just gonna it's be. It's just uncivilized. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> more, I saw it's one just that gonna was, be. Yeah. Hey, we're remastering the movie again. Yeah, that's no, all you can I do. I saw to that it now. they had the five in a box set, and then they also have one with like it's Alien four. versus Predator. Well, they have. Well, they have one, the, two, three. Well, it's Alien anthology in, is yeah. is yeah, what yeah, we're anthology, talking. Right. Not quadrilogy. That was the DVD. The quad. Okay, the anthology. Yeah, is the Blu-ray set that has all four. Yeah, movies, okay. and it has the European cut of the fourth movie, which is slightly. Better than I kind of want to revisit four because I remember liking it. It is so unapologetically violent. <laughs> That's what I hear. That's what I remember. We so we saw it. We saw so it in theaters. You forget. Bloody. We saw it in theaters. So I I do kind of remember that, and I just remember like the little <laughs> creatures. That's all I remember about that movie is Winona Ryder and the like creatures and tubes that were kind of aliens and but not you know. Oh the the Ripley yeah the Ripley's bastards of Ripley yeah. <laughs> the Ripley bastards. All right, all right. Rin, save us from alien talk. Skip. Skip? Okay. Skip. Oh, fine. Mike. Skip to the loo. 
Let's just. I think We're supposed to have three. I think you're going to be talking about. Let's run to summer. I think you're going to be talking about extremely wicked and strongly yeah. evil, whatever and, the fuck and, it and is. Shockingly, Extre- yeah, extremely shockingly wicked, wicked stupidly horrendous, extremely in- wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Yeah. The, this is the Ted Bundy movie that popped up on Netflix. Yeah, that's what it should be called is Ted Bundy movie on Netflix or <laughs> Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie because that's a better title than what they've got. So here's... Well, and that's all anybody's calling it. We're all in this together. Oh, I'm watching Ted that Bundy Ted Bundy edition. movie on Netflix. So oh, I'm here's watching the thing. Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie. I like um, My favorite I, thing is when Mike starts going off on something that I'm sitting here like, oh, I like. I liked it. Um, I, I think Zac Efron it. is really good in it. Yes. Yeah, he um, is. But, I mean, it, it definitely has some missteps throughout the whole movie. He's also good but in it's Neighbors. Also, it's also great fucking seeing he's funny. Jeffrey oh, Donovan he's so in it, who, like Joe Berlinger, you know, in Blair Witch 2, Jeffrey Donovan was the main guy, and he plays the lawyer, the first lawyer for Ted Bundy. Here's here's the other problem that I have with it is I remember hearing about the script for a while and the way they fashioned the script, which would be more reliant on the marketing as well, is that you weren't to know it was not you were basically just led to believe that it's just some guy Ted in question and it's all from the the girlfriend's point of view, which it, it still is in the movie, but it does kind of bounce back forth between her and Ted and she's not necessarily the prominent voice. No. But the thing is like when she call when she says I reported you and and she actually says the full name that is when you're supposed to find out oh fuck it's Ted Bundy. I get it. So okay. I think it would have been more interesting of a movie if they were able to pull it off where we don't find out it's a Ted Bundy movie so, until But he looks three like fourths of it. Ted no, I know. Bundy. I know. I know. And I, I think, you know, especially in 2019 where you have tons of people that There's love no way you could have kept that a secret. Just release the Ted unless Bundy you, takes. Unless like, he had made it, unless he had made it with nobody's, like, the, you know. Right. No, I get what you're saying. What I'm saying, though, is that I think they could have pulled it off for first viewers. So, like, if this was released theatrically. Yeah. They could have marketed it in a way where it's like a serial killer movie, or is it a serial killer movie? And basically, I think true crime people, which is pretty much everybody in fucking 2019 right. anyway, they would have figured it out. Oh, I think this is a Ted Bundy movie. Yeah. But I think that would have been fun trying to figure that out. And then when she's like, his name is Ted Bundy, it's like, fuck, of course it's Ted Bundy. So I absolutely think what you're saying would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. The problem is with that is if Netflix would have had to release the confession no, of Ted Bundy pro- uh, past this. Right, Basically, right. No, if I they would have done that. Then it would have been more believable. Hey, it's a serial killer movie about maybe a true story. That would have been. Netflix, you know, I mean, they produced that. Well, they they, prepped their audience to watch this movie. Sort of. I mean, that acquisition came out a month ago. No, the acquisition happened a couple months after the Sunday. They acquired the movie. They didn't make. It's a conspiracy. Confessions? No, they made that. Yeah. They didn't They had the nothing Efron. to do with the Zac Efron one. They, they acquired it after a couple months. They're like, you know, I think it would be a good idea to have the dramatization 
um, and the documentary yeah, because no, no, no. they're made by the same filmmaker. Right. No, and I get that's what I'm saying. They, yeah. But they knew that they were going to have both of them at um, the same time. They would have at least nah. had the documentary. They, I, I think the filmmakers as well also hoped for something outside of Netflix so they could do theatrical. Right. It, it was going to be voltage pictures, which are high voltage. No, it's it voltage pictures. In yeah, the and it would have been... Yeah, it, it would have been a direct-to-video release here yeah. for us. I, I, mean, I, yeah. I get it. I get it, guys. Like, of course, you'll figure it out that it's probably Ted Bundy, but it's just not confirmed until later on. And I think, you know, if this was released theatrically, not necessarily the end product that's on Netflix right now, but if you could, I could easily see somebody making a movie that just fits the serial killer stereotype because it doesn't even really get into the murders, which I also kind of dig about it. I love that. Um, that you're just like, Oh shit. Did this guy do these things? Did he not do these things? <sighs> I don't know. Well, Cause it's, it's the viewpoint from his girlfriend. Like right, you really right. are her, even though it doesn't necessarily always have her viewpoint, but she just knows what he knows. And what you see, what you see is just him being an innocent man trying to prove his mm-hmm. innocence the entire time. You never until. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, they could have even done it better. Like, who knows what the original script was from what I heard. The original script's really great. Um, and it's possible that maybe, you know, case in point, when they meet in that bar, they, he never says his name. Because she specifically asked them, oh, what's your name? And they just start dancing. So yeah. I think more of the script probably omits his name. And they, if that's the case, then yes, I think they could have got away with that. she has her flashbacks later, though, she that goes into like him saying not saying anything when right, she asks right. that. So it, I don't know, man. I liked it. I yeah, thought it was great. I and I was, was pleasantly surprised by Zach Ruff, Efron in a dramatic role. Yeah, like I thought he was good. Hey, man. If anything, I wasn't I, expecting shit. The only <laughs> actor that I didn't really care for or didn't feel that fit the role was fucking John Malkovich. That's it. No, he's phoning that thing. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like when he says partner, I feel no South. From I him. really <laughs> wish it was an, a, a larger actual Southern man. Like yeah. they could have got an older Tex is, Avery. Yeah, was yeah. Tex Avery still alive? <laughs> right. Stop. Randall. Oh, uh, Cobb. How about uh, what's his name? <sighs> Tex Cobb? Tex Cobb. Cobb. Yeah. That's who I was thinking of. Anyway. When I say Tex Avery. <laughs> okay. The animator. All right. Yeah. So let's let's end off with that because we're already like an hour in. So let's get up in them guts for the Wickers st- stuff. All right, so this is our main segment, Get Up In Them Guts. We're going to talk about all the wickers all the time. All the wickers. Not Doug Wicker, who I know is listening. Doug, I hear you. Hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. Anyway, uh, so this is Rin's favorite movie. She watches it every May 1st. I fucking love the original (laughs) Wicker Man, and I saw the remake first when I was like 12. So I'm really happy that I saw the original because I just love it so much. Annual watch. Did you see the the remake in the theater no i actually saw it on like blockbuster which I'm, or I'm also confused because i have so i have the dvd which i believe is nikki's actually um that has the <laughs> shocking alternate ending what was the original end well 
we're skipping ahead. We're skipping ahead. Yeah. What do you okay. want to talk about first, uh, I can, homie? I'll, first we'll of all, about we okay. should talk about I'm corn sure my, rigs I'm sure, and barley rigs. Yeah, corn okay. Rigs rigs. I know more about the remake than I do about the original. Which yeah. is well, I that makes uh, one of us. <laughs> so yeah, I know. I figured I would be the only one that does. So I was employed at Blockbuster when it came out, and <laughs> I think I watched it. And I what, was the like, remake. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, let's let's get to that later. Uh, I doubt he works. So at how do we want to do? Do we? Uh, I think we should right. talk about the Wicker Man, the Wicker Tree, and then the Wicker Man yeah. remake. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Let's do it that way. All right. So the Wicker Man. Uh, 1973, directed by Robin Hardy, who would later come back to direct uh, The Wicker Tree. More on that later. And has only done one other movie? Uh, yeah. Um, the Wicker Tree was a very complicated production, but we'll get into that. Uh, so, The Wicker Man is, honestly, like, if you've never seen it, I totally understand. It was not hard it wasn't hard to find because anchor bay put it out so many times so many times and they had that nice wooden box set that i never picked up it was relatively available uh, but Let's see if i can find I, it i you know i still don't own it on dvd or blu-ray and a lot of that is because there's so many fucking cuts to this movie uh, there's the final cut, which that's which what, I, what have. I have. Yeah, you can you can that's get on Blu-ray. That's what we ended up watching yeah. as well. But there's also a theatrical cut, and I think um, some sort some sort of other director's cut that he did. It, it's much like what what I find funny about it is it's like fucking Blade Runner, man. There's like three cuts to this movie, and I think that's why I just never purchased it on Blu-ray. Um, but I think I'm going to get... So, in the UK, they do have a three-disc, which it has all the cuts, except for, I think, the theatricals, UK, uh, like, standard def only. But, uh, if you've never seen The Wicker Man, it is a May Day celebration movie, which is why Rin watches it on May 1st. They're celebrating Beltane, although I won't say that necessarily, because it is not truly a Wiccan religion. It is actually an ancient Celtic religion. Celtic or you mean, Celtic? You mean Celtic. Whatever. Everybody says it differently. It's, a, it's a hard like K, right? Yeah, it's Celtic. Like oh god, it's not like the Boston oh, Jesus Christ. Celtics. <laughs> I'm sorry that I exist. We're here in America. We bastardize everything. Yeah, we do. You mean like Shoto? <laughs> Don't start with that. <laughs> Spady. Oh my god. Spody. Seer. Um. So this is a. What was funny is when we were watching it even though this is kind of off topic, I think it would be an interesting double feature with Who Can Kill a Child. Yes. Definitely. Because it's sort of similar, like just deserted island sort of thing, and yep. something's not right. Um, So if you've never seen the original Wicker Man, which, I mean, the remake pretty much kind of follows it, but it's a little different. But it doesn't? Yeah. Because it's not the same. <laughs> It's not the same. Um, So the original one uh, involves a uh, police uh, sergeant who is coming from the mainland to... As a good Christian. As a good... Well, here's the other thing, and this, this again, becomes a problem with the Wicker Tree that I'm sure we'll briefly talk about. There was a problem with that? There was a problem with that? So, yes, uh, Howie is very religious... Uh, but it's not shoved down our throat. Uh, it just comes up casually in conversation well, and observation. Of the movie. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. I know, but it's not like I said. 
it's not shoved down our throat. It comes up in conversation and observation of what's happening around the town. Right. You know, it's not just like, oh, I'm a Christian. And, You're yeah. right. It is more no. like, have these children well, never heard of yeah, Jesus Christ? Right. Again, yeah. again, it's a different time frame. Exactly. So It, it, it was a was, different culture. Okay, fine. But I'm just saying, when the book was written, when mm-hmm. it was that society at that time was definitely, you know about the war yeah. in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Protestants versus Catholics. Everyone there had to choose one. So I think that's not that odd because he was a police officer. Right. He was white. <laughs> you know, yeah, like there's think, a lot of things about him that are pretty true to like form of what you would that, see in a that little piece conservative of uh, man at that time. And I think that piece of knowledge is very important to know about before you watch it. Right. And I think, but I will say this, as in we'll talk about later with the Nick Cage version, this this one does not give you much backstory other than you know that this man is a church-going man right. prior to hitting the island. Right, right. Um, and he's a God-worshipping man. And, sure, yeah. And, no, and, that's it. That's all you get. And he's basically investigating the disappearance um about a girl who disappeared and I, I guess he's just sent by the mainland to go investigate. We're supposed to guess that he is sent by the mainland by himself right. <laughs> to a remote well, island. It's, it's back in the 70s, guys. I feel you know? like he just went on this like almost vigilante but yeah, mission. Yeah, but he I also, no... you get that feeling that it's like a private investigation for him. Yeah. Which With... I think is one of the good things about the remake that it internalizes <laughs> yes. that whole moment. It is the best part of the remake that they give you the backstory that right, he yeah. has a connection to this and it is something that is lacking, I think, in the original Wicker Man because he is determined to do this thing for no fucking reason. For no reason. Right, right. He seems really hell-bent on it, and he... I don't think he has jurisdiction here. I don't even know what he's doing I, on this island, or why he's trying to say, hey, I'm a police officer. You're like, fuck you, we're on an island. Don't respect him. You're not part of us. Yeah. I think, but, you know... You it, have no authority it, here, And man. it ties in, as the movie goes, that he's becoming well aware that this whole island has lost the religion of what he considers or, the normal normal society. Yeah, technically they, are, they have their own religion. Yeah, and it, it becomes more obvious that he is not, not like he's offended, but he's worried because he he might think that there's human sacrificing going on. I think and that's where he gets really involved into it. Yeah. And well, it's also I mean this was also the time of, you know, hippie cults and stuff yep, like that. Yep. So I I think even though uh, it does still feel a little detached from that. Uh, there might be concern from him that, like, oh shit, they're adopting some of these American philosophies that are becoming popular around this time, where they're they're doing alternative belief systems. Yeah. Well, first. and then you know the level of depravity or depravity when he walks into the bar. I think that's the first sign of okay. Yeah. Well, this if this happened at a pub where I'm from. You know, there would be more cops here right now. Right, right, right. Because, like, these people are, like, talking about fucking this, the, the, the landlord's <laughs> Lord's daughter. daughter. Yeah. So, literally humping Willow. Literally. So, here's the question I have for you guys. Do you guys think this is a musical or no? A little bit. It's a folk movie. Uh, yeah. It feels, it felt more like a musical this time, especially in contrast to the others. Yeah. The, I mean, it. it Music is so integral to the movie that I did not remember. I hadn't seen this in probably 15 years. Mm. Right. So, I I mean, this was... I was not a fan of it growing up. Uh, I saw it and I did not understand 
I, I mean, I... I didn't understand the appeal I agree. of it. I think I, I saw this movie... Ugh, it is fucking Less than 20 weird. years ago. It was in the early 2000s when I first watched this because... It, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think I saw the VHS cover and it just didn't appeal to me because I think it was The Sun or whatever. I'm like, yeah. Eh, oh, yeah. I don't know what before, this is. Before the actual Burning Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, eh, I don't know what this is. And it's not really if, grabbing me. If you weren't born in that era of, like, the folk, you know, post, you know, jazz era of, like, the, the folk revolution of the late 60s, I think... You know, you're not gonna get this now. You will, but I think in the '90s we weren't really. Oh, it is digging. a time capsule. It's a time of capsule of '70s weirdness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think you know, like you were saying, it's definitely like a it musical. feels more '60s than anything. You know, honestly, well, I tie it in with like the Disney version of Robin Hood. Just throw it out there the <laughs> song, like because it's like a constant like sing along. Oh and, the, and the it's like the pan flute. Yeah, no, pan well, flute. it's just uh, the. the the music type, you know. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. and yeah, it comes off as cheesy. Not I, actually, it's funny. Not now, but I think in the '90s when I first watched it, yeah, it was really just like, what is this weird? It's like watching the animated Hobbit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think and I, all I remembered of it was the ending. That's. I, I mean, that's the only well, yeah. thing that I had recalled from it. I, I didn't remember it was a mystery. I want to say I watched this in the early 2000s again. I what I do know is Rue Morgue. The magazine, the Canadian magazine, definitely turned me on to it. Yeah, um, because you know, like I just hadn't heard that much about it. But then once Rumor Rumor did a really great job at educating uh, its readership about, like, hey, this movie's important. Here's why, and it did it in a fashion where it didn't spoil it for the most part, which I do appreciate because once I got to the ending, which. I don't know if we want to talk about it. I, I think we kind of have to, but we'll yeah. we'll give you fair warning. That's a we good do. rug pull. Um, but yeah, once you get to the end, it's just like, oh fuck, this is a different level now. The king like fool. <laughs> yeah. So, Rin, why is this your favorite movie? So okay, I love this movie so much because I identify more so with the island folk, and I feel like a lot of the men I meet in my life are the cop Edward Woodward, or that's the God damn it, Niles. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> these really white, like good Christian men, and it's like they're doing what they think is right, and that's fine. But have you not heard of Jesus Christ? Right, and it's just hilarious to me when he's questioning the fact that kids aren't raised in you know a Christian household <laughs> on this island. Yeah, and. These people are fine. As far as you know, they're not actually bad people. Right, right. Um, and they're just doing what is right by them. They're, they're doing a, sure that a they're different are... sex education a little bit. Right. They're actually oh, yeah. talking about penises, <laughs> and I think Phallus. that's fantastic. I feel like sex Phallus. ed should be fucking Well, there was better. a girl on a bed, and then there was a man on the girl, and yeah. I mean, and there was a tree. Or, well, know. there was orgies in, from yeah, that, in the field. There was a seed. From that seed was a... But here's the thing, like... I didn't grow up very religious either. Okay, so my my mom but you tried. Did, my mom right? tried uh, okay. because her father was a deacon and just you know. Oh fuck! Okay, yeah. So there's like a lot of religious turmoil in my upbringing. Um, it helped me to realize early on that I was not necessarily into the Christian faith, right. which is fine because I just am more aware of who I am as a person. It's okay. I'm not a bad person, I don't think. So I identified with the people from this island. 
and whenever this fucking guy comes and questions their entire way of life, which seems yeah. to be working, yeah. it's just really insulting yeah. to all these people because they're fine. Yeah, because I remember when I first watched it, I'm like, I'm having a lot of trouble identifying who's the hero and who's the bad guy. I will also say that I saw this movie for the first time as an adult. Yeah. So I'm sure I would have taken a Same. different meaning from it as right. a kid. Right, Same. But Knowing who I am as an adult, watching it in that mindset, it was just like, oh, this is fucking great. This is the best ending to any movie but I've ever even, seen. Even if you take the religious angle out of it, I think it's... Um, the mystery? It's basic enough. I don't know if that's really the best term to say it, but it's basic enough to say, here you have somebody of normalcy invading on a territory that something's off. Like, right. we know something's wrong. And all he's really trying to do is get to the bottom of this missing girl. And, you know, whether that's right or wrong, that's up to you to decide. Right. But also, like, you know, when there's a song and a fucking naked lady is beating against the wall, you know something's off as well. Or off in the normal terms, right? I, I mean, don't think there's it's any not, normal and, I mean, I do that. this shit all night. It's not just... You know, before I go to bed. Well, it's not just one side about the heaviness of religion, though, on right. the Christianity aspect. Right. It's heavy on the other religion, too. Right, right. They all believe deeply that things are driven by the sea god, sun god, whatever. What yeah. You know, it's a celebration. Well, it's more about nature, But it's right? Yeah, but it... Like, it, on a really simple level. And they are more, yeah. I think they are more serious than he is. And that's what it really comes down to, is they're more dedicated to their faith than he might be to his. Yeah, yeah. And... And ultimately, I don't want to ruin the ending, but I mean, I mean, we do see him kind of question his morals whenever Britt Eklund's butt double is well, pounding on the door I mean, and when the wall. Britt is calling my name with a couple of poundings. I mean, over the butt there. double will really be gently Johnny, like, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Just a couple of knocks on the wall. And I'm like, I'm coming over. I don't know why I squealed on that, but <laughs> butt double. Edward Furlong and right. Yeah, I really wish it wasn't a butt double because it. She you know, has no butt. Watch, show is. us well, the real butt, Brit. But watching it this time, it's like, oh fuck, it is painfully obvious. You can see the face. Yeah, yeah. But it's painfully obvious yeah. it's not her. You still get the fronts. She's thrashing the, head, the, the headlights. Headlights <laughs> of the wow. landlord's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to. I want to hear that song on like St. Patty's Day. <laughs> the landlord's daughter. <laughs> see if anybody catches it. But yeah, I mean, uh, and yes, I know, Irish holiday, Scottish, I get it, shut up. You're all ish. <laughs> difference, you know. It's not, but. <laughs> I mean, I think we're both ishes, aren't we, honey? What? Irish and Scottish. <laughs> I don't, I'm like a mixed breed, I don't know. I'm, right. I'm a mutt. I am. We're like a salad. I'm a whole bunch of white mixed together. <laughs> you white, gooey bastard. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, a lot of the power and potency of The Wicker Man is on how it's delivered. And yes, it is done through some of the songs. And what I do like about the songs, even though like, even if musicals aren't your thing, there are clues delivered in the songs that are just like, oh shit, is this going here? And especially if you have a decent knowledge of just other religions other than Christianity, I think you'd pick up on it pretty quickly. But, you know, for me, again, like I said, I'm not a very religious guy, whether it's in Christianity or any other religion. So I, I just watch it as a movie. I'm like, I think something's fucked up here. Right. 
like you, well, that's the thing is for you, you can't identify with either. Right. Right. So that's kind of. And that's the thing. So if you take that out of the movie, it ends up being a mystery movie about mm-hmm. a police officer trying to figure out where a girl went, and nobody's being honest. Yeah, and nobody's, nobody's being cooperating. And everybody's not being helpful. So what do you do? Well, in most circumstances, you would leave and greet more people and come back. But no, because of his moral... You call children dis- liars. His moral <laughs> disturbance, he is driven to figure out from his moral compass how to fix this town and how to get these people and to he be also, honest with him. And oh, let's break it down. He also feels that he could fix he the feel, town. Yes. And he does also try to leave so that he can get more help. Uh, and, you know. Dude, that is way that is at the last moment where he knows shit yes. is not going to be good for he him. He waited too yeah, long. He waits way too long before he decides maybe I should get out of here. It's a last ditch <laughs> effort for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean again, if you haven't watched The Wicker Man tune out for the next five minutes because I think we are ready to jump. I'm edging. I got to get in there. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. So as it gets revealed, the missing girl is not missing. Uh, She was basically used to get a, this is the part where it gets a little fuzzy for me. Logically. Yeah. But you know, like how did they know they were going to get a totally Christian guy onto the they, island? That, Somebody probably cased him out previously. That's sure. That's what I but thought. Yeah, why but, did he get the case? Why is he the one that goes by himself right. to this island? Right. They do the, not, re, the remake is the is yes. on top of that yes. of right. giving you a reason. They do not tell you why he is. He specifically came to the island. They act, Christopher Lee especially, acts like, We've planned this. You are the fool. You are meant to be in this costume. You are meant to be in the man. Yeah, how? Exactly. But, like, to Rin's point, maybe somebody fucking cased them whenever they went to the mainland to go get supplies. Sure, but how are they Or maybe it's just their prophecy. And maybe that's just what they believe is that he's the right guy because he and Maybe that's why they believe what they believe. And let's be honest, we don't know what happened after he dies. And maybe they're just really good at this. Maybe the crops 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 were good. Probably were flourishing. Well, yeah, and I I like the harvest angle of it. How about them apples? (laughs) I like the harvest angle about it because it, it feels more natural and more like n- less sinister i guess even though it, it you know when you boil it down so ooh, bad they're doing pun. it for the good of the people but yeah they could have composted him and i think it probably would have brought better yeah. results you never know they the don't ash know is that still maybe. very full oh, of nutrients the ash does have nutrients you're right yeah you're right on I, that when we go back, how do you get it separate from the wood? My favorite <laughs> thing about the ending of The Wicker Man is, like you said, the soundtrack is lighthearted with very dark and ominous tones in the lyrics. Yeah, the so context you're singing is along dark. to these fun songs about fucking people's daughters and, you know, pretty awful shit. Like, yeah. not necessarily stuff that you would have your kids sing, but kids are singing this stuff. Right, right. And then they continue on into the very last cr- brutal moments of this movie. They are just hanging out, singing along in just a big circle. Swinging a their arms. And that is absolutely the best part of the movie, and that is what gives it the best tone of, I think, any... I mean, it's a dark ending. It might be one of the darkest endings of a movie is watching a man burn alive while people are singing around him. Yeah. And, in, a, and, in a circle in a for the most part. In a pleasant circle, bright, sunny day. <laughs> just be- it's a beautiful shot. A beautiful morning. And it is awful. 
to just imagine yourself in that guy's position, just watching people happily watching you burn alive. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's it's the whole isolation point part of it, right? It's, it's a full like, blown. I think that would be the most agonizing death is to have viewers. Uh, or or even participants in this matter that are watching you die and not really they want you to die yeah and like in a mass like that I'd be like oh there goes everything I've ever thought of right. people and humanity but I think um to talk about it like Christopher Lee does a great job in this movie I think Edward Woodward which is a kind of a tongue twister Edward Woodward he's he's got moments. Oh, I think he's good. You really think he's good? Yeah. So, about Christopher Lee and how dark this ending is, I really enjoy how into this holiday he is. He's He's yelling yelling at Edward Woodward when he's dressed as the fool in his stolen costume, and he's like, come on, you gotta get some spirit into it. Like, come on. And I, I love it. Love that because he's so jolly when he's about to go murder this guy, and he's talking to him <laughs> this whole time like he doesn't know who he is. Right, right. And then he's just like, "Gotcha! You're about to get peed on a goat and then burned alive." Yeah, she <laughs> she looked she looked up some research about this. A I found bit. out so many fun facts, so, and I am so, so happy tell us because about I love your this fun, movie. Yeah, tell your so, fun facts. So, Britt Eklund was the butt double, uh, or had a butt double rather. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. also was dubbed over for everything because she could not do any convincing accent whatsoever kind of like how you only have two voices andy um christopher walken and what was the other one sean Sean connery Connery, who was a (laughs) scottish man um and also about christopher lee that i thought was so interesting kind of going a few episodes back for us too is that he wanted to leave hammer so badly that he basically he did this, did this the cheap. basically did it for free, yeah. which is insane because how much I love it, I would pay him so much money to do this. And it's funny because like when, you know, I, as we discussed previously, I'm not huge into Hammer. The thing that I knew Christopher Lee from was like fucking Lord of the Rings and this. Oh, me too. And like I knew he was in Hammer. I knew he was Dracula, but for me... He was iconic from Wicker Man and Lord of the Rings. In the Man with the Golden Gun. And just being like the British the British Vincent Price is how I always equated him. Count as a kid. Dooku. Yeah, Count Dooku. Oh yeah, Count He was Dooku. that too. <sighs> if Patrick was here, he'd be like, Count Dooku. Yeah. And that would have been his ejaculation noise. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Jesus. Patrick, I hope I never hear that Patrick? if that's the case. Patrick? Where are you, Patrick? Patrick. Dooku. Patrick, are you in there? R.I.P. Okay. Oh, dead again. Dead again. I killed him off again. Dead again. <laughs> what other fun facts do you have? Is that it? Anything else? Um, I mean, there were some other things. Like, the movie wasn't actually shot on an island. They did right. everything coastally, which is kind of cool. You know, whatever. But, I mean, Lost did everything in Hawaii, and that was pretty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, we mentioned p- ABC's Lost with the Wicker Man. Okay. Do we even know what's going on with the sword pentagram deal? Oh, with the head shop. Well, that actually thing? wasn't yeah. a pentagram because it was a six-pointed star. It was okay. Um, I thought it was so a pentagram. first of all, burn. First, first geometry of all. burn right Can there. Can you do an actually for me? Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I also think like on a really basic level that also freaks out you know people because the they're like, oh, well, no, just. There's dangerous blades by your neck. This yeah. is how he's going to get it. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, that scene yeah. is that scene is real effective. It's kind of tense. They also stated in this article that I read that Edward Woodward <laughs> <laughs> looked so terrified because he was actually having to read his lines off of like bed sheets in the distance or something because the studio rushed them what? so much that he didn't even have time to learn the end of his script. So that's so he's just like looking at this shit, screaming it out. And getting peed on by goats. And getting peed on by goats. <laughs> that really happened. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I I mean, honestly, I think we've Wicker Man. It's funny. We spend an hour fucking talking about what we've been watching, and half an hour of talking about this classic film. Well, we've got more. Well, yeah, we got more that we need to cover. Of. But uh, honestly, like, yeah, you need to see the Wicker Man from 1973. I think it is iconic. I think it's an iconic film to watch, and especially if you're a horror fan, it's something different too. It's and very different. I, I don't. Yeah, it is not a typical horror movie I don't by really, any stretch. It's not it, debatable if it's really a horror mm, movie. Would you yeah. want to be burned alive I in think front it's of a, a crowd of people? I, I think the ending is definitely a horror movie ending for sure. I don't know. It's a seasonal watch for us. I feel like, you know. You but it's need, a procedural you, for the most part. You need a springtime movie. This is your springtime movie. Yeah, but I don't even think movie. it's a great procedural. No, honestly. it's not. It's not. No, that's true. If you were to think about it that way, no. So, okay. So <laughs> the Wicker Man. There are no witnesses. There are no clues. He learns nothing. <laughs> Check out the Wicker Man. Yeah. For sure. Uh, again, if you've never seen it, watch it. So now... Um, I guess we go into the Wicker Tree. So in 2011, uh, Robin Hardy, the director of the Wicker Man, uh, directed the Wicker Tree. Now, I do want to get into some backstory on this because I don't know if any of you guys know, but he tried getting this made, uh, I want to say a while back. And after you watch it, which I'm just going to spoil, don't watch this fucking movie. Um, But for those that have seen it, uh, Leanne Rhimes was gonna be <laughs> the fucking female star. That, hey, that totally makes more sense. That would have yeah, been so makes, much better. Right, right. Oh my god, that makes it, so much I think sense. she was signed on, and a couple of other people, uh, not really big people, but Leanne Rhimes was a big one, and they just couldn't get the money together. So what essentially happened was Robin Hardy decided, hey, I'm just gonna write this into a book, and the book is called Cowboys for Christ. <laughs> and, this is a really that actually really. Made, Strange title no, that but, actually fits the movie much yeah, more. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Um, so I I haven't read it. I don't know if I'm going to run out and read it now after I've watched the movie. I don't think you have to. Uh, no, I don't think I have to. But you the gist of it. I remember for a long time, you know, Cowboys are, Cowboys for Christ was the movie title. And I remember hearing about it in Fangoria and especially Room Org that they're trying to get the financing together and. I guess it all fell through, but somewhere down the line, he drummed it back up after the novel. And because after the novel came out, then people were like interested to make a movie out of the novel. So essentially, even though The Wicker Man was Anthony Schaefer's novel, it was technically, I think, Anthony Schaefer and Robin Hardy. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Ren. I mean, at least the screenplay involved Robin Hardy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but then. Uh, the Wicker Tree is an adaptation for Cowboys for Christ. So, oh boy. 
It's, I, it's I, a I'm, pseudo... I don't want to be an asshole, but I'm going to be the asshole to say that the less said about this movie, the better. So it's let's a keep pseudo, it short. like, reimagining... Of sorts? Of sorts. It's the the problem is I think right off the bat when you watch this movie you realize all of its faults and the reason why the Wicker Man worked versus why this one is not working because you have no conceit that any of it is false because you know it's all false. <clears throat> I'll just the acting is awful. Okay, the acting is sure the okay it has the lowest rating I've ever given to a Letterbox movie title. Yeah, so I gave it half. Granted, a st- you've I only get, had Letterbox. Sure, for like two that's months, fine. But, I'm just saying. I, get it, I gave <laughs> it. Ha- I, gave, I gave it half a star. Uh, I will say this: for me, the beginning of it, the unbelievable fact that a church would send two people as missionaries to Scotland, a place that has been well brethren in fucking Christianity since before us. You do not send people to an English-speaking nation. Ever that is not I as a person who grew up in church. There's never been missionaries going to like parts of the world that don't need people there. Right. So that premise and I was lost from that moment. I was like, why are they going to Scotland? Like, I mean, okay. And you know, you come to find out that this is an area that the the <laughs> fucking who yeah. knows the descendant of Christopher Lee has been successful as a businessman and in, in, in nuclear <laughs> and he's Mr. Christopher Burns Lee. and he even says he's Mr. Burns he's poor like, I'm fucking a- Christopher Lee oh yeah he's can in it can we just talk about how mad I am that he is <laughs> not Lord Summer Isle yeah and that's the other thing he doesn't play the same character he just shows no. up and I think his credit is older gentleman yes and uh, he shows up for five minutes in front of a really bad green screen um, he's like, "Can we do it at my house?" Yeah, yeah. Oh, bring yeah, we the, could do that. Bring the green screen. Well, he actually really wanted to do this movie too. Did so, he really? Yes, he like. He's was very passionate about the Wicker Man in general. He so, was like on yeah. set with Lord of the Rings people, like showing them scripts and stuff. And wow. this was like earlier on, clearly because Wicker Tree was made in 2011. But but I mean, you know, the Cowboys for Christ right. thing, right? He the, wanted to make this movie, and it's like, why wasn't he a bigger part? Why wasn't he just the same I person? Mean, he yeah. looked like he was not doing too well, right? I, I'm not gonna. But lie. that's also probably the quality that this was shot in. Uh, but I think he's well, doing when did fine. He, die? he died like two years ago. Two really? Years? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he lives on forever in my heart. I know oh, it's wow. true. And that brings on Titanic theme. <laughs> I mean, he's absolutely not the worst part. I'm glad I got to see a familiar face compared to the fake cowboy and the uh, fake Leon Rhymes. So, but, uh, the yeah, born again Christians. Boy, that she, she's she's the big problem, and that she's the lead actress of the movie and and hold the fucking actress for the most part yeah but she she's she's the main problem because she has to carry the weight of if there if there is going to be any weight in the story any sort of emotional heft to the 2015 is when he died she's supposed to carry it and she has she has none of it she can't she can't do any of it well that's the thing and the ending's supposed to be kind of devastating and it's not the main actors are pretty uh humdrum like not so good. Actors. I like Graham McTavish. Graham McTavish is a right. Good he's, actor. The, he's the older. Well, not the older channel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, the 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 he's the Saint of Killers. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I know, I know. but uh, Among many other I don't think the natives of Scotland, wherever they're visiting, I don't think they're bad whatsoever. They're fine. I have... You could have made an entire movie. It's your main characters that are the problem. I don't understand why you had these... I like the... Faked accent... (laughs) <laughs> you on, know, a, Western. On, a, on a basic summary level, I like the fact that they they are born again Christians, getting sent to a land that they they need to convert these people. Even though, like from the get go, they didn't seem like they were converting anything. They, they were, were singing along. They were literally yeah. singing along to the like hymns or whatever crappy song she had written. I don't oh. even know. I really can we talk about her music video? I would have fucked. Oh, you was, mean the one yeah. that was her shame? Yes, because it reminded that me. That was my favorite it, part. Was it Pamela? <laughs> Coyote Ugly. <laughs> yeah, it's her. It's, it's her. Yeah, in an empty bar with two fellas. Yeah, and just like, <laughs> like what was it like? Tag team me or something? Yes, <laughs> something, something ridiculous. She, she was just talking about being a, a, a little slut, a little a slutty. Slut. Yeah, it's like what. Why were you making that song in the first place? Because she had she, some short shorts and she some was cowboy Anna boots. Ferris and just friends. That's who she was. Oh, you know, like that <laughs> pop star, oh. but she's dirty. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I like I like the idea of it, but it just doesn't it doesn't get really well executed. Now, if if you did happen to get fucking Leanne Rhymes to do this, and she released some sort of music to coincide with this, I would have probably lost my mind even though i'm not a leanne rhymes fan i just would have lost my mind that they were able to and the worst part is well and it, it, it guaranteed it would have been better she is a better actress than whoever this, whoever one this was. Woman is. i don't know yeah. uh now the uh the the naked lady <laughs> she was good i don't know the what was she i don't she know was a police officer what no she was banging the police officer yeah but she was just naked the whole time. Yeah, she was just naked all the time. Yeah, that was cool, I guess. What I about know. the man butt? Just lingering mm-hmm. man butt. Oh, there butt. was a lot of lingering. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Which is fine. No, I mean, with the way they had it, it shot wasn't, was It was not, not good man butt. No. I'm sorry. It reminded me of, what was <laughs> We Mad see man. enough titties and... Madman, the, uh, the, oh, the yeah. lowering of the man butt into the water. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Unforgettable, man. Oh, that that's, we did that whole that. scene. That whole scene in the water is beautiful. Um, uh, and, okay, so then the saving grace was your, religion. you know, like Wicker Man, you expect to have this big dramatic ending. It's it's all gonna come down to this moment where these people are just gonna get. You're you're hoping the whole movie these people are gonna get so brutally murdered that'll make you feel better about the film, and you don't see it. It just happens yep. in the distance. You kind of see it. You're like, oh, I is that something? Oh, maybe I don't know. I guess they got eaten. Yeah, they're cannibals. Yeah, like I wanted That's to see I their skin get fucking peeled off because they were so <laughs> annoying. It was just like, please let them There's die horribly. No redemption for the viewer. Fuck. No. So yeah, I mean the way I see it, like. Everybody told me that the Wicker Man remake was bad, and the Wicker Tree. No, just, no, 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 no. The Wicker Tree just comes no, 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 in and no. says, "Hold my fucking beer." Yeah, that <laughs> that's the way I see. I it. will eat a handful of bees and rather watch this again. That's all I'll say. So yeah, the Wicker Man not worth your time. Um, nothing. The wicker it's not. Tree. Or oh yeah, Wicker <laughs> Tree. Jesus, the Wicker Tree is not worth your time. Uh, I don't think it really even expands on the mythology of the first one. At all, I feel like it kind of tries to take away from the yeah, original. There's a little bit that I think it tries to expand upon, but it gets lost because it's just a piece of shit. It's garbage. Um, you, you do see uh, a tree burn eventually. Yeah. 
yes. which has nothing to do with anything. But I guess, hey, they had to name it something. There's a tree. <laughs> there but why go. would they burn the trees when their main export is apples? Not, these are well, not this, their main not export is nuclear tree. power. That's the is point that of this it? one. Yeah, yeah, remember? He's, yeah. he's, oh, he true. keeps yeah. saying, Mr. Burns, I'm yeah. Mr. Burns. I'm Mr. Burns. It's so weird when he does that, though. Like, I, I didn't get he, that. He was the only character I liked, though. Anyway, Wicked Tree, not worth your time. Ignore it. Never existed. Yeah, pretend it didn't exist. I, I didn't even know it existed until we did this. So. And then Neil Same. Bo- Neil Laboot comes in and uh, does the Wicker Man remake in 2006. Which, I'll be honest with you, I don't think is all that bad. It's well, not. It wasn't as bad as I remember it being. Yeah. How about that? No, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's really watchable. Uh, I don't think it's unintentionally funny, as some people seem <laughs> right, to believe. Right. Uh, if you know who Leo, Neil LeBute is, which I'm a big fan of Neil Neil's work, what he's a playwright. His... Give me, give me. He's a playwright. Uh, like it, I know in the Company of Men, but that's yes, about it. his film career, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, is in the Company of Men and The Shape of Things, which is another favorite of mine with Paul Rudd and uh, Rachel Weisz. And uh, he directed those two. He directed My Friends and Neighbors, or Your Friends and Neighbors, and Nurse Betty. He directed those four movies. Those were so good. And he's been a playwright for a long time. He's written a lot of plays. And there have been he's he's a really well-accomplished playwright and really well-acclaimed. And uh, then he just stopped making good movies. Um, and he, <laughs> among other things, he remade uh, Death at a Funeral. Uh, which I think is just Chris Rock asking his friend to direct the movie. I, I, that's the only reason I can see that existing. Yeah, I didn't um, get why they remade that. There's no reason there for was it to exist. No reason. There's no reason. Um, so Neil is has, it was a big fan of the Wicker Man. Nick Cage, also a big fan of the Wicker Man. So they decided to get together. Why not remake it? And try to make a modernized version. Which, you know, I think, you know, we were starting to kind of talk about when we were talking about the original Wicker Man. I think this does do a better job at creating a motive for Nicolas Cage. And then there's a reason for the character. Hey, a great motive. I I actually really like the motive. I think that it's it gives, you know, hey, you got this guy who's kind of breaking down mentally. Mm -hmm. And that really adds to like the why he's there by himself, why he's not thinking correctly. You know, any of his actions on the island that you might look at as kooky makes sense because he's a person who's been stuck at home taking medication because of some traumatic experience. Right. And he's called to the island from somebody he was romantically in the U.S. With. too. So yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're yeah. not in Scotland yeah, anymore. We're no we, longer. In we're Scotland. off of like off of Oregon, uh, Puget Sound, Puget Sound in yeah, yeah. Washington, Washington. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, and also, uh, you know, like, so it it, it starts off well. Oh, it starts off great. I think, I think it starts off. It's right. got a great backstory. It is. It gives you a place. It gives Except you a for that kid throwing the toy back out into the yeah into the highway. I would have yelled at that kid. Keep. What are you doing? Pop him in the teeth. Why are you throwing that shit back out? I just handed it to you. Which I think the changeling did a better job at. A car accident like that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll give it. <laughs> but that. no, I mean, um, it does give him a motive because he's he, he's just tortured. 
the girl that's writing He's to him haunted. is saying, look, I need to get out of here. I need help. It's it's a better motive to get him it's on his, the island. And he it needs and something his, to do. It's his ex-girlfriend. Let's right. say that. Or ex-fiancé, right? She ex-fiancé. left him at the, the altar. At the altar. Thing. They were knocking boots at some point. That's all that matters. No, no, but the, like it was a thing where like she literally disappeared prior to them getting married. Like I remember that. But as he investigates this girl's disappearance, who all he knows is uh, her child, right? Which later and he couldn't I mean, save a child, uh, and now he has a little to... bit of a spoiler, which I don't think is really that bad. Uh, the twist is it's his child. Yeah, later right. uh, you find that out. Allegedly, yeah. No, no yeah, test. We're we don't really know if that's true or not. That's true. Right, right. Because by the end of it, yeah, you question. I want to believe that it is because it makes it so much worse. But yeah, all, that's true. I mean, also like I, I think, uh, I think Ellen Burstyn as the Lord Summerisle character is yeah. really cool. Female, a full female, strong female cast. I absolutely. And I did Mountain that. Girl. It's all females for the most part. Mountain girl from Mountain girl from fucking Lady Killers. That's the only. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only name. You I don't take your her. bitch to the Waffle Hut. <laughs> okay, so I like that there were strong females. But they were also kind of lame. Yeah, yeah. They were really fucking basic, and they're like, "Oh, you killed a bee." Well, I, you know, and that's okay. So that's a thing. He hits the island, and that's where you start noticing little. You're like, well, they're building up this character. Nope, they're building up this character. Nope, yeah. they're building up this character. Like they just bounce around from different strong women, and you're like, okay, who? Who's making the decisions? And then you fin- you know, you eventually meet and the, yeah, scenes, the lady of the island. There are scenes where they pretty much remake the original movie, like the school scene and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, a lot of the dialogue is the same. It's not necessarily in the same spots, but you spot tons right. of the same dialogue. Which I appreciate. Coming from different people. Yeah, it's, yeah no, I like that. It's interesting. But what, what I think is, you know, kind of undeserving is like... The fact that the bees moment, right? Are we bees! getting all? We're getting to the bees already. I okay. So the use of the hive, right? Symbol. So I guess yeah. yeah we it, need to explain gets, that. Okay. First. So they basically, so they come up with this bee concept because it's obviously going to be later on when Nicholas Cage eventually towards the end, bees become a big part of. The ending, and and so, dude carries around an epipen, right? So you know it's serious. Yeah, so he's allergic to bees. There's <laughs> obviously this this instead of apples, their biggest product is is honey, and so you're led to believe which it is. It's a big product hey, in general now. I got no issue with that, but the problem is is now you've turned this whole thing into this religious sect based on hive colony mentality there's a queen bee versus there and then the the soldier bees are just the men who are basically slaves to this women driven right, society right. almost like an amazonian kind of society and that's fine i have no issue with it but it's it well just kind of starts getting a little tongue in cheek where you're like okay everything's shaped like a, a fucking hexa uh, yeah, yeah, hive yeah. looking thing and then okay there's all these Honeycombs, yeah. It goes a little too far. With it goes it. way too far. It starts looking like it's the layer of some like uh, Marvel action heroes, <laughs> you know? Like it's it's really the st- bee lady. The scene with him walking out into the the colony, he, he knows he's allergic to bees. Why what is the he? Fuck why is he doing? doing why are you yeah. there, sir? Yeah. What are you doing? It it's it's really dumb. That's and that's part of 
the the movie has many issues, and that's it one starts, of them yeah. is him just a, a majority of the movie is just him investigating and just him walking riding, around and riding walking bikes, around riding bikes, <laughs> doing a just. That a, is the a, most a, awkward thing to see Nicholas Cage do. Riding a bike, riding a, yeah, it is odd. It was probably honestly just him running around doing whatever he wanted to do. <laughs> probably, and that yeah, I feel like it just loses structure. It, yeah, it does at, it, at that part. When he starts really apart. getting into the investigation, you and yeah, and then he keeps it keeps coming back to randomly. He runs into his ex girlfriend. He keeps running into her, and like she's not really terrified, but she is sometimes. And I, you don't know how to feel about his connection with her, and you don't know how she feels about him. Like it's yeah, right. it's, it's it's a bizarre relationship, and it's not fully developed, and it's not fleshed out. I, yeah. Uh, and then the the movie has a, an ending that is almost identical. Yeah, well, uh, except I for mean, they. Okay, so they which put the bees on? Let's start. You you've seen every version of this ending, right? Yeah, okay. I've seen this movie now a, explain. A few times. Okay, spoiler alert. We've already probably spoiled this fucking movie. So, spoiler alert. How does the theatrical version end? The theatrical version omits the hobbling, which is what cost them an R rating. Um, <laughs> I was looking at yeah hobbling. You know what hobbling is? Okay, from misery, like a misery, right? yeah. All right, here. Did oh. you watch? No, no. So there were okay. Version I watches. This is what happens. He gets laid down. They break his fucking legs. That's yeah. hobbling. That hobbling. That's called hobbling. Sounds good. I didn't know it had a term. Okay. Then they throw the mask on him, and they throw bees down there. Yeah, they pour bees. bees down the literal worst part of the movie is CGI shit bees, and him going, "There's bees in my eye." This emits. Oh my god, they're in my eye. The yeah. theatrical cut emits all of that. So that you hear the dialogue of them hobbling him. Okay. But you don't see the bees. You don't see anything like that. All of a sudden, he's just at the wicker man. Yes. And says, "Oh my god." And his delivery of that is really well, good. Well, I'm assuming he still looks the same like he did get all yes, those things. So he has it doesn't welts. actually make any sense. No, he has welts all over his face. None of it makes any sense. Uh, and the same, this, it's the same burning and everything like that. We cut to years later. Yeah. Uh, Lily Sobieski and... Um, one of the other his wife I don't hotties or his ex wife yeah yeah or his girlfriend or whatever she whatever was. she was his, his baby mama uh she, they are in a bar picking up the next James Franco oh yeah and Josh Ritter yeah hotties and uh, they are picking them up for the breeding the next but see that, that and and then it uh it it's not a very successful it ending no, see now talking about it like i like this movie less now yeah because, I'm like, because man, that, that is, doesn't really make sense yeah no right because like then that just dumbs down the whole reason to get oh, no, fucking it makes dudes sense on with how the this movie no it makes sense with how this movie ended sure because <laughs> it didn't end very well to me oh no so no, it abruptly ends with the shocking alternate Ending. Right, I, uh, which is just the burning, and then that's it. And that's so, it. Yeah. So they should have just burnt the dude. We didn't need bees in this movie. How about we just say it? There uh, needed to be no bees. We it, had to draw in the crowd that was afraid of their allergies. It's it's <laughs> it's definitely it's a bizarre choice. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. He's yelling about them being in his eyes. The digital team didn't even manage to put any near his fucking eyes. I didn't know what those were. What? <laughs> uh, why are why? 
the guy's yelling about his eyes. Fucking draw, <laughs> draw some bees maybe, on his fucking eyes. I have man. seen Nicolas Cage scream in agony so many times, especially since Mandy. Like I can just, I know what he sounds like when he gives a shit. And literally, that scene was just like, dude, he did not give. What a take fuck. do you think that was? That was like take probably one, and they're just like, that's great. You CGI think it was one? Because I think it was probably fifty, and he was done with it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was well, I could done with too. it. Maybe they, they were got a better actually one than like that. in that space behind his eyeballs. But yes. yeah, he was probably they should have been crawling. I mean, uh, we should have seen an eyelid okay, be so poofy. The, let's yeah. talk budget. I mean, did they not have a budget? No, they to, had a decent budget. So that's for this. where I'm saying. Where did that budget go to? Making hive-like structures for every inch of that. Yeah, I think it's a lot of island. It is, a lot of it is practical sets because I don't think they did a lot of any digital work. So it's a lot of practical sets and. That car uh, crash in the beginning. Shooting location, yeah. <laughs> the car crash in the beginning. Those flashbacks. So, I I mean, here's what I'll say. I, I think Wicker Man, the remake, 2006, is worth a watch if you love the first one. If you like the original, check it out. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it is, it, not, it is definitely better than The Wicker Tree. So It has humorous moments. I think most of them are intentional. It is a dark comedy. That's what Neil LeBute does is pitch fucking black comedy and I think that that is what <laughs> there is if you watch the movie with the lens that it's intentional it's a little bit better but with all that said I mean like there are aspects to this movie that do work yeah oh I would love but it this. just kind of devolves I would love for this movie to get remade like yes. re remade just fucking somebody you just know do it's better not, you don't even need a goddamn budget to make this movie no just really don't. remake the original and have a backstory. Yeah. And that's all you need that's to That's all you need. Give us what we want. God damn it. <laughs> well, I, I think we'd rather not have it touched anymore. I think this is... Yeah. It's had its time. Uh, it's, it's had its chance. We don't, we don't need another another take on it. There's not much you can do more with the story than what they already did. Maybe the Wicker Orchard. There you go. I mean, yeah, let's play I mean, is Robin Hardy yeah, dead? Can we do everything with yes, apples? Yes, he is. He is dead? Oh, well, well, we can't get another one. Nope. Sorry, guys. Well, maybe we can do better. Ooh, oh, shit. <sighs> Look forward to Destroy the Brain Presents the Wicker Orchard 2021. Can we tie that into Behind the Mask? I mean, because then they have an orchard then. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, like, if I was to rank these, obviously the top is the original. And then there is the Wicker Man remake. And the Wicker Tree's way down there. Yeah. Fucking don't, awful! Don't do it. Just I put Wicker Park it. above the Wicker Tree. No, <laughs> why didn't we watch that? Why didn't we watch that as part of it? Uh, I didn't. Or an origin story of the Wicker People from Batman. Yes. <laughs> I, that is still the funniest thing Josh posted. <laughs> pretty that. funny. <laughs> Curse of the Wicker People. People. All right. So anyway, uh, that is gonna wrap this up. Um, thank you. For joining us, you can find us again on Instagram and Twitter at Destroy the Brain. Also on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash we need to talk about horror. Or just on Facebook for Destroy the Brain at facebook.com slash destroy the brain. Uh, we will be recording our next episode live at the record space. Uh, we'll have an event. Uh, it should be already posted on Facebook and we'll probably have it on uh, Instagram and whatnot. But what we'll be talking about is uh, music that is used in movies and kind of the influence of uh, music from horror films. So uh, we'll have 
Niles and I on it, uh, Rick from The Lion's Daughter, uh, which if you've never heard their new album, Future Cult, please check that out. It's on Spotify. Um, it's really great stuff. And then uh, we're going to have Don from The Record Space and maybe somebody, a mystery guest. I don't know. Uh, but this will be recorded live, so you could actually come see us if you really want to. Yeah, um, come check out some vinyl yeah. and uh, hang out. Yeah, I think we're recording at uh, 6 p.m. on May 13th, so it is a Monday. But, uh, again, it will be recorded live at the record space, 8716 Gravoy Road. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And I think I, I the rough plan is the follow-up ep- episode, which is, like, soundtracks and scores, I think, will also be recorded at the record space. But uh, don't count me to that. We'll see how this first one goes first. But it will be recorded live. So, I guess, if you wanted to hear us early, you could come check it out live and then we'll make the episode available on our uh two fridays from now if you're listening to this on friday the was it the 10th yeah yeah so it will be released on the 24th anyway niles where can people find you you can find me on instagram and letterboxd at niles maddox 22 n-i-l-e-s-m-a-t-t-o-x 22 man you can find me on Instagram at Rinstelgram, which is R I N N S T L G R A M. Meek. Instagram and Letterbox at Hassles, A J S S L E Z. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Letterbox as well under Treefy, T R I E F Y. Thank PSN. you. What? PS- oh, yeah, PSN. PSN. Yeah, sure. I haven't fired up my P- PS4 in a while. Your penis? I almost. Yeah, that too. Penis my penis hasn't been fired up in a while. Mikey, free later? <laughs> I, think that's a, I think that's a strong edit right there. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, hope to see some of you guys on Monday the 13th. If not, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks again. Oh, our killer track is Willow Song from the original The Wicker Man. Yay! Thank you guys very much. Adios.
midnight.